0: It is uh, terrific to be back with you after being gone for a week and a half. Um, It's good. Very thankful to be back, very thankful for all of you. It's just giving thanks to God to worship with you this morning. Um, So, you know, it's the first day of Advent season, Christmas season uh, on the church calendar, and usually I jump into kind of an Advent or Christmas-themed message, but I think Thanksgiving must have been later than usual this year. so. If I preach the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I almost always like to do a message on Thanksgiving. So that's what we're going to do today. And um, I'd like to ask you to stand as I read our text here this morning. It's out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. And it's good to give our attention to God's word, certainly with our minds, but also even just to stand out of reverence and respect for God and his word. Ephesians 5:18 to 20 says this And do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Let's pray Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that when we open up our Bibles, your word says, this is God-breathed. You are speaking. And so I pray that we would have ears to hear and hearts that are receptive and ready to respond to what you say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I have a seat? No, let's stand the whole time. I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. Um, other than my wife being gone, I certainly did have a good Thanksgiving. It's good for us to think about Thanksgiving. And you just even think about that, that big word, you break it up into two words, giving thanks. It's good for us to think about what it means to give thanks. Not just to have a thankful heart, but to actually give thanks. Thanks. Thanksgiving, the holiday that we celebrate one Thursday in November, it is, as Christians, this is our day. This is the day that we know how to celebrate better than anyone else on planet Earth, or we should know how to. I mean, think about what even this day means. We give thanks. I mean, to give thanks means that there's actually someone to thank. That there's actually someone above even just the horizontal plane, you and I and our parents and grandparents or friends or whatever that we might thank for something, that there is someone who is owed our thanks, that, that deserves thanksgiving from us. And as Christians, we believe that. We believe there's someone, someone there to give thanks to. Gratitude, genuine gratitude, is the heart attitude of someone who is dominated by God by his goodness. I mean, over and over again, in the Psalms, there's this, there's this phrase, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and then, often it, and then often what comes next is for his loving kindness, or his steadfast love endures forever. But give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Someone whose heart is dominated by God and his goodness is someone who has a heart full of gratitude. And thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude with our lips. So we have gratitude in our hearts. Thanksgiving is what comes from our lips when we say thank you to God. So thanksgiving is a little different than gratitude, isn't it? One comes from the other, of course. But gratitude is something we have, thanksgiving is something we do, we give thanks. Honestly, I mean, just to be honest, we can kind of fool ourselves and maybe others too about whether or not we have gratitude. But we can't as easily fool ourselves about whether or not we are actually people who give thanks. If I were to ask you, are you a thankful person? I have no doubt most people here would say, I am, yeah, I have a thankful heart or I I have a heart of gratitude. But if I were to ask you, are you a person who's incessantly giving God thanks? I have to think about that for a minute, right? Like, ah. Uh. We are called to be people who give thanks, and our text says not just from time to time, but always, and for everything. First Thessalonians five eighteen puts it a little differently. It says, "Give thanks in." all circumstances for this is the will of God for you in Christ. Ever just wondered, what's God's will for my life? What does he want for me? What does he want from me? Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. For your life. The Psalms are brimming with exhortations to give thanks. I mean from Psalm 1 to Psalm 50, over and over and over again. Give thanks. Thanks, not just have thank not not just have a thankful heart, but give thanks. And the rest of the Bible is as well. Romans chapter one, verse twenty-one through twenty-three grounds human sinfulness in ingratitude and a refusal to give God thanks. Not giving God thanks. Paul says this in Romans 1, 21 to 23. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor did they give him thanks. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And then we see this this downward spiral into the worship of created things and God giving people over to their sin. It all starts with not honoring God as God and giving him thanks. So thanksgiving is a wonderful and also a very weighty thing. I mean, there's something very freeing about turning away from ourselves, realizing that whatever blessings we have, it didn't ultimately come because I figured something out or because I, I made it happen. There's something very freeing about turning away from ourselves and saying, thank you, God. 1 Corinthians 4 says, What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you re- received it as a gift by God's grace, why do you boast as though you didn't receive it as a gift of God's grace? So again, gratitude is the hard attitude of someone who is dominated by God, and thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude with our lips. We say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When you run around the table at Thanksgiving this year, or maybe with your children, or maybe just in your home, or, or with a friend, did you guys talk about what you were thankful for? I have no doubt you did. And how much of that turned you vertical to God? I thank God for this or that or the other thing. We're to give God Thanks. We're to give him thanks always and for everything. And I want to challenge you today that you actually can be the kind of person that gives God thanks always and for everything. You actually can be. You can be a person who gives thanks in all circumstances. You can be so aware of God and his goodness And it overshadows the difficulties or just the mundane. And you can be a person who's giving God thanks always. And in a world where there's so much backbiting and fighting and strife and envy and jealousies and complaining and murmuring and moaning, how crazy awesome would it be if we were known as people who give thanks always? in all circumstances, in every situation, for all things. And I want to encourage you and inspire you that this is the only way to actually live, is to be thankful people, to be people who are giving thanks, to be so dominated with the love of God, the God who loves us and saved us. We're all born naturally ingrates, complainers. That's how we're born. But when we are born again, we are remade by God's grace. Isn't that amazing? We are remade. We are new creatures in Christ. The old things, the old complaints and bitterness and unforgiveness and moaning and complaining and why me and how, why does this happen and all that stuff, that stuff goes away. That stuff's on its way out progressively no doubt right we're not none of us have arrived perfection but progressive it's on its way out and what is coming in among other things is the giving of thanks you know the psalms as i mentioned before i mean dozens and dozens of times give thanks to the lord for he is good this is the songbook of the redeemed this is this is god's songbook i mean he's given us 150 songs some really really long that can be broken up into dozens of songs themselves and I have no doubt that among other things we will be singing the psalms in heaven we will be singing of God's goodness we will be thanking him forever and ever we'll be giving him thanks so here's what we see in our text all right thanksgiving springs from a heart full of the spirit It springs from a heart that is full of God's spirit. The second thing we see is that Thanksgiving is directed to God the Father. And third, we see that Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is given through and because and centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's think about these one at a time. Thanksgiving springs from a heart that is full of God's spirit. Here's what verse 18 says. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's contrasting being drunk with wine or being filled with with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be intoxicated with wine. Don't be controlled by strong drink, but be filled with the Spirit. And then verse 19 begins to tell us the kinds of things that come from the person who's full of the Spirit. Singing to one another, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That comes from a heart that's full of the Spirit. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then verse 20, giving thanks, always and for everything. So just take out verse 19, I mean don't take it out of your Bibles, okay? We're not not advocating that at all. But just, just for this morning, Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything. You see how the fullness of the Spirit leads to the giving of thanks. Giving thanks is not so much a command here as what what comes from being filled with the Spirit. Thanksgiving comes from a Spirit-filled heart. My wife I love her to pieces. She found a, this water spring in Minnesota. You can drive right up, right up to it with your car, and you can fill up as much water as you want. And it's got this, this faucet that comes, and it's got this big stone thing. You can set your water jugs in. And because I love her so much, I don't mind driving up there. Uh, I don't mind that much, driving up there uh, three times a year or so and filling up a bunch of these five-gallon Jugs of water. And well, a spring of water is what a spring comes from this aquifer under the water. And the the spring comes when the aquifer is so full that it overflows onto the surface of the ground. And this spring is always flowing, it's gushing water, sometimes faster than others, but it is this. What seems to be, it's not inexhaustible, I'm sure, but it seems to be this inexhaustible flow of water. When you are full of the Spirit, there really will be this inexhaustible flow of giving thanks. Which, no doubt joy, right? But of giving thanks. Thanks. It reminds me of what Jesus said in John 7 when he said um, on the last day of the great feast, he stood up and said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Of course, we live on the other side of the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. The Holy Spirit has been poured out so we may come to Jesus and drink and be full of the Spirit. And we're commanded to be here. Thanksgiving cannot help but come out of the Spirit-filled Christian. It, I don't, there's nothing you could do to stop the spring water from flowing. I could put my hand up there and all I, I would just get wet. There's nothing you could do. When you are full of God's Spirit, there's... Thanksgiving will come. Joy will come. Gratitude to God will come. Complaining will stop. To be filled with the Spirit and to not give thanks is unthinkable. In fact, it's impossible. It is, it's, ox- it's oxymoronic to think that you can be a Spirit-filled, complaining Christian. I don't think so, no way. You are a spirit filled, if you are full of the spirit, you are giving thanks. You are aware of God and his goodness. Of course things aren't, not everything's going the way that we think they ought to go, who cares about that? If you're in control of your life, you would make hash of it, you would ruin it. And so we give thanks to God when we're full of God's spirit. Thanksgiving comes from a heart full of the inexhaustible life of the Spirit. I love the line that comes from the Nicene Creed, the Nicene Creed, the fourth century uh, uh, council that gathered together to to discuss um, the the Trinity and and determine, not determine, they didn't determine it, but to, to come up with this confession about all the persons of the Trinity. And what it says of the Spirit is very powerful. It says this, We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. Reed mentioned this earlier. We live from our hearts. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Watch your heart with all diligence, for from it spring the issues of life. All the issues of life spring from your heart. It all comes from there. And when the heart is full of the Spirit, then we will be giving thanks always and for everything. Now when I say that, I'm sure some are saying, but I thought you said earlier we're not perfect. Okay, let me step back just a bit. We will be growing in this, won't we? And we certainly won't settle for being complainers. We won't say, well, yeah, but so-and-so, that they're, just kind of, they're just kind of uppity people. They just kind of got... Lighthearted personalities, of course, they're thankful. That's not the way I'm wired. Well, then you need to be born again and have the Spirit fill your heart. Of course, there are people that are more uppity and all that. All right. So it begs the question are we full of the Spirit? Are we Spirit filled? When Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Giving thanks always and for everything. Are we filled with the Spirit? Second, we see in this passage that thanksgiving is directed to God the Father. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. Giving thanks to God the Father. Thanksgiving is to be offered to God. Now that might sound like a does statement. But think about how often we say thanks. I was thinking about this the other day. I went over and prayed with Carmen the other day and she was telling me about this, actually Brian was telling me about the procedure she had, which I just find phenomenal. I'm like, these, guys, these doctors are amazing. They can go up through a vein in the leg and go around and you know, deal with something in the back of your head and it's like, oh my goodness. And as I was praying, it just dawned on me, it's like, wow. Seeing through that, you see God is the one who enabled them to do that and giving thanks to him. God is the one. God is ultimately the one. Of course, it's great for kids to say thanks to mom and dad and to their teachers and all of that. It's fantastic. And to say thanks to one another, that's good and and right, but ultimately, we are to give thanks to God the Father. There's a song that was written probably 20 years ago and has a a line in it that says, many men drink the rain and they turn to thank the clouds. And how pathetic that that's how many people live. How strange to give thanks to inanimate objects like clouds or mother nature or something like that. No, thanksgiving is to be given to God and specifically to God the Father. It's important to understand why Godward thanksgiving is so important. Giving thanks magnifies the giver. When God gives us, and remember I said earlier, heart of gratitude is art heart that's God-dominated, where we're just our understanding of who God is and his goodness and his graciousness. When we give thanks, we give glory and honor, and we magnify the goodness and the generosity of God as a giver. It magnifies grandma for the Christmas gift. It magnifies your husband for his kindness. Magnifies your wife for her love and grace. It magnifies the clouds if you think somehow they are responsible ultimately for the rain. And it magnifies God when we give God thanks. Always and for everything. Psalm 6930 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify God with thanksgiving. Now there are two ways to magnify something. You, you can or There's two ways to think about magnifying something. You magnify something by putting something really, really tiny under a microscope to make it look bigger, right? Done that in science class, right? Or you can also point a telescope into outer space and it helps give more, uh, more of a real life size of something that's way out there and is huge. And when we magnify God, we're not trying to make a small God look bigger, But we are trying to point to a God who is glorious and big and magnificent and show him to be what he really is. And that's what Thanksgiving does. Our Thanksgiving works like a telescope, magnifying our glorious God, our Father for who he really is. And think about what this is even saying, that we give thanks to God the Father. Remember what Jesus said, he came, Luke mentioned this during worship, Reed did as well, this idea of reconciliation. When we are reconciled to the Father, we are made his children through the blood of Jesus, the indwelling Holy Spirit makes it real to us, alive to us, crying, Abba, Father. Everything changes when we are brought into God's family. Everything changes. I mean, our context of how we view everything ought to change. So we magnify the Father. We direct our thanksgiving to him and we magnify his greatness and his glory and his love and his kindness and show him to be glorious as he really is. Third, thanksgiving is through Jesus or it's because of Jesus or it, and it centers on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, giving thanks to God the Father, and then it says this, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now when we talk about the name of Jesus, it doesn't just mean that we say to God over and over again, I thank you in Jesus' name, I thank you in Jesus' name, I thank you in Jesus, right? It's not just saying the name of Jesus. When, we ta- when, when the Bible talks about God's names, it points to something about God. It tells us who He is, His character, His nature, and I don't think there's—I don't think it's any coincidence that it says we're to give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He is—he is Yahweh, right? He is—he is Yahweh of the Old Testament. He is—he is the Lord. Of all, it was amazing. I mean, we take this for granted, but um, Alyssa and I took a couple young men, a couple boys. I mean, one one nineteen, one fifteen, to the Indian Ocean one day to the beach, and just had a, had a great time. I was sitting with one of the young guys. His name is Felish, fifteen year old, and we were looking out over the Indian Ocean. You could all you could see is ocean as far as the eye could see, and I turned to Felish. And I said, isn't it amazing? Jesus holds all of this in his hands. Amen. And he, I said, he is the Lord of everything. Mm-hmm. And he turned to me like I had just told him that he'd won a billion dollars or something. He's like, he does? And I, I was somewhat chastened by that, honestly. <laughs> because I'm just like, of course he does. <laughs> Duh. Right? Like it doesn't stun us anymore. That Jesus, the God man, who walked planet Earth, who suffered and died in the place of sinners, who rose again, who ascended, who poured out a spirit, who now dwells in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, He is the Lord of the universe who holds everything in his hands. It's stunning, it's breathtaking. We are to give thanks in the name of the Lord. Jesus, remember what the angel said to Joseph? You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's Jesus means, the Lord is our salvation. He will save his people from their sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah, he is the Christ, he is the long awaited Messiah who has come into the world and everything now is different. He is extending his kingdom. We are to give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to give thanks through him, because of him. It all centers around him. He is the hub and center of all of our thanksgiving, which doesn't mean we only thank God for Jesus. Like we can't ever move beyond like thank you for Jesus that he died on our, I mean, that he died on the cross for our sins and we never move, right? We never kind of move to ancillary things set, or connected to that. But every good thing we receive from God and every bad thing that God turns for our good is all because of Christ. Amen. It's all because of Him. None of it is because you've earned it. None of it. Your diligence, your hard work, none of it's because you've earned it. It's all because of Christ. There are a million things we thank God for, but Jesus is the center, Jesus is the hub of all our thanksgiving. Every blessing we have or get in the the future comes to us through Jesus Christ and comes to us through his work on the cross on our behalf. Listen to what Ephesians 1.3 says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every Spiritual blessing. Blessed be the God and Father. Give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. It's all connected to Jesus. It's because of him. He's given us every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. None of the blessings that come to us come come to us outside of Christ. And so our thanksgiving is through him and centers on him. And so give thanks always and for everything from a heart full of the Spirit to the Father through Jesus. That's that's what this passage is telling us to do. Give thanks always and for everything full of the Spirit, right? From a heart that's full of the Spirit and and give give thanks to God the Father and do it through Christ, because of Christ, centered around Jesus. Jesus. Now, what I want to do with the time we have left is I want to press this phrase always and for everything a bit. Because there are the obvious things we ought to give thanks for. Thank you, Lord, for your son Jesus coming and dying for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for the... The family that I love so much and, and we just get along so well and thank you for you know there's lots of things that are very obvious to us, but we're to give thanks always and for everything? In all circumstances? Any any exclusions? Any any limitation to that? How is this possible? How is it even possible to do that? I mean, I think our natural impulse is to somewhat recoil at that and say, "I don't, I don't know. That, that seems a little overboard." I mean, why should we take this so seriously? Why should we take this so seriously? Aren't there some things we should be bitter and complain about? Why should we take this command seriously, give thanks, or this giving of thanks so seriously, always and for everything? Well, let me give you a few reasons. Let me give you a few reasons why we should take this so seriously. Give thanks always and for everything because every single good gift comes from God. Everyone. There's not one true good thing that you have that came from some other place than God. James chapter one, verse 16 and 17. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I just spent nine days in Mozambique. I've come back (laughs) with a great appreciation to God for things like paved roads, police officers, that you have a high confidence that they're on your side, I mean, not perfect. A justice system that is far from perfect, but much better than 95% of other places in the world. Sewer system. It's wonderful. (laughs) Waste management. I went to this garbage dump. Think like a city block long and a city block wide. And 40 feet tall of just garbage, just in the middle of the town. things like hospitals. I got to go to a hospital outreach where we got to pray with many people. You would not want to be treated at that hospital. Last time Alyssa went, she got sick, and um, Someone at the base, the, minister, uh, the orphanage said, all right, if you're not better tomorrow, we're taking you to the hospital. She's like, I cannot go to that hospital. There's no way. She felt better the next day. <laughs> Whether she felt perfect or not, she might have been you know, fibbing a little bit. I don't know. She, she did not want to go to that hospital. Um, we just have, there are so many things and all of these things are things we ought to give thanks to God for. I mean, there there are some people who think it'd be really, really nice if we all went back to like the 1600s. I am not one of those people, all right? I like the technology. I like the the comforts. I like some of those things we have, okay? We we should be good stewards of our environments as well, but I like the things that we have. They are gifts from God, and we should give thanks. They are gifts from God. Every good gift comes from God, the seemingly ordinary, a Thanksgiving dinner. A wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. All the people around the table giving thanks to God. A job, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, modern medical advances, things like dentists. Praise God for them. We ought to give thanks. We also should give God for all the extraordinary things that he gives us. A miraculous healing, an impossible situation that God just turns in our favor at the last moment. And of course, most of all, our eternal salvation through Christ. All of these things are, they've come down from the Father of lights. They are gifts from God. He is owed our thanksgiving for them. And so we must, we, and, and really, it, it comes from a heart that's full of the Spirit, but it's also something that we are to cultivate. And entering Thanksgiving this year, when I woke up Thanksgiving morning and just dealing with some of the own, my own ingratitude, I said, Lord, I want to cultivate in my own heart and in my home thanksgiving and I want by your grace to chase out of my heart and my home all complaining, all rancor, all sarcasm, all of that stuff that just, quite frankly, chases the spirit away. (laughs) He's out of there. So, we are to come to God, not dominated by what you don't have, not dominated by what isn't going your way, so you think, but we are to come to God dominated by what he has given and what he is doing for you. And it'd it'd be a good idea just to open your Bibles and see all the things that he's done and all the things he's doing in Christ for us. Number two, why should we take this command seriously? Give thanks always and for everything. Number two, we should always give thanks because we know that God's love will never fail. The greatest thing in the, in the universe, the greatest thing in the universe. I mean, if God gave you everything that your sinful heart desires, but withheld himself, you'd live it up for 80 years and then you'd perish forever. The greatest thing in the universe is that the God of the universe has set his affection upon his children. That's the greatest thing ever. He said he loves us. And we go through hardship and we go through difficulties. Life doesn't work out the way that we think it ought to. But my goodness, the God of the universe loves us. He says, I love you, I love you and I'll never stop loving you. And you can't do anything to stop me from loving you. That's what Lamentations 3 says. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Steadfast love, it's the Hebrew word, K said, it means his faithful, loyal love. It keeps coming and coming and coming. It never stops, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. You know how it goes. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Interestingly, those verses are in Lamentations. A Lamentation is, a, is a, a lament. It's a weeping. It's right in the middle of the book. And right before that, Jeremiah says, my, my head is bowed down with grief. I'm paraphrasing. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit he's given to us. It, it can't just be a cognitive, it can't just be a, something I think about, I reason my way to. We've gotta, it's gotta just flood our hearts. His love never fails. His loyal love is steadfast. It goes on and on. Psalm 23, surely goodness And steadfast love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's not just, it's not just that his love is a stagnant thing, but his love works for our good. Right? It pursues us. It pursues us. It hunts us down. I read one time, I can't remember where I read it. Psalm 23, goodness and steadfast love, they are the hounds of heaven. These dogs that just hunt us down for the rest of our lives. So, we should give thanks always and for everything because because we know for sure God's love has not failed. God's love is unfailing. Number three, we should give thanks always always and for everything because we know that all things work together for our good. All things work together for our good. You can give thanks in the hardest of times, not because you know exactly what's going on or why, right? Not because you know that God, excuse me, but because you know that God is working even this horrible thing for your good. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I love how it says, and we know. We have confidence of this. And we know that for those who love God, do you love God? Do you love him? Do you love him? Then we know, don't we? That all things work together for our good. For those who are called according to to his purpose, all things, not some things, not most things, not good things, why, why would he say that? We know that all good things. No, all things. And so we can say, we can, we can t- go to God, we, and we should go to God, and we should say, even in the midst of our pain, we should say, I don't understand this, but I know that God is up to something, and I know he's working this for my good. I know that he is. And we should say to God, God, I don't get this. I don't understand. But I thank you that this, even this, you will take and work for my good. I thank you for the good that will come through this that wouldn't have come any other way. And this is what Joseph learned. Right at the end of Joseph's whole ordeal. I mean, Life can be challenging. When I read the story of Joseph, though, I'm like, my goodness, yikes. His brother sold him into slavery. He went through years of oppression and being, you know, beaten down and, you know, rising through the ranks because God blessed him and all that he did, but then he's lied again against or lied about and thrown back in jail. I mean, years. Years. in the back of his mind, always thinking, how could they do that to me, my brothers? And yet at the end of it, he said this to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. God meant it for good. They meant it for evil. So we see this reality of man's will and God's will and Man plans his ways and sometimes man does evil. Often man does evil. And his brothers meant evil toward him and yet God meant through their evil good to bring about the salvation of many. And so we give thanks to God always. And for everything. You think about some of the hardest things you've walked through. And, you know, usually people don't say, you know, I've experienced the blessing of God and the nearness of God most when everything's going just the way that I want it to. Almost no one thinks or talks that way. It's when things are challenging and difficult. We'll have eternity in heaven where everything will be perfect. Perfect. Forever. In this life, we walk by faith. Number four, why do we give thanks? Always and for everything. Here's why. We give thanks always because the gospel is the good news that we never, now I want you to stick with me, okay? Because you might say, huh? We never get what we ultimately deserve and we always get what we don't ultimately deserve. Which is a way of saying, we don't get justice from God, we get grace. Yeah. So when things are hard in life, we can, we can be assured that God is not repaying me what I deserve because of my sins. Josh, you sure, you bet. Always give thanks, because the gospel is the good news that we never get what we ultimately deserve. Namely, justice. And we always get what we don't deserve. Namely, grace. And that is wonderful news. Let me explain. If you are a Christian, in every good and real blessing from God, it is an undeserved gift that Jesus purchased for you. It's given as a gift. And in all your sorrows and pain, we can be assured that we are not getting what we truly deserve. It's not like God is saying, I've had, it, I've had it with you, and now I'm going to give you justice or judgment. Because if you and I got what we truly deserved, it would be divine judgment and separation from God forever. Psalm 103, verse 11 and 12 says this. Listen to this. This is is beautiful. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Yes! Thank you, Lord! That ought to make us jump every day of our lives and shout for joy. And then it goes on to say, nor do you repay us according to our iniquities. And then after that, it goes on to say, for as high as the heavens are above the earth." so far are his ways above our ways. In other words, God is a God of impeccable, sheer grace for those that are in Christ. Amen. Psalm 130 says he does not keep a record of my sins. It says, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? And if you are thinking, maybe, then you don't know grace Who could stand? Not one of us. None of us could. But with God, there's forgiveness. And so the Christian should always be able to say, when asked, how are you doing today? In fact, try this out this next week if you're getting coffee or something. How are you doing today? Much better than I deserve. Amen? Isn't that true? Always? Every day? From now until the day you die, much better than I deserve. I'm doing so much better than I deserve. That's such a wonderful way to go through life. And I don't I don't claim to be there. We're a work in progress. But let's help each other. So aware of the grace of God, so aware of God's mercy through Jesus Christ. So aware. Of his loving kindness toward us, his love for the undeserving, his mercy that's new every morning. Well, there's only one direct command in this passage, and it is a command. There's one direct command, and everything else kind of comes from that as a result of that. The command is to be filled with the Spirit, right? Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Verse verse 20, um, giving thanks always and for everything. Be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, or we could say don't be drunk with worldliness, or don't be drunk with... Bitterness or resentment, don't be drunk, don't be controlled by those things, but be filled, controlled by, under the influence of, even, dare I say, intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks. This this is a call to not settle for anything less than to live a Spirit-filled life. I, I, I love that it says, it doesn't say, excuse me, be filled with the Spirit, I shouldn't say I love this, but it doesn't say be filled with the Spirit and go raise the dead. Like, ooh, yikes. Be filled with the Spirit and go, you know, preach the gospel to hundreds of people. Be filled with the Spirit and show that you are a Christian full of the Spirit with incessant, Gratitude to God Amen. incessant gratitude, thanksgiving to God always it would be a good thing. I mean, you and I're you know we're um, imperfect. Everyone here um, annoys people in certain ways. <laughs> we just all do right I mean we probably all do that. I know that I do. I annoy my kids, I annoy my wife I mean um, and it'd be. It'd be great if what annoyed them was, I mean, hopefully they just come along too, but just that we're always giving thanks. Just that we're always giving thanks to God in the name of Jesus Christ. This is a spirit-filled life. This is one of the evidences of the spirit-filled life. So let's pray. We're gonna, we're gonna close with the Lord's Supper. How fitting right? Um, Let let me pray that we would be filled with the Spirit, and then John is going to come up and lead us in the Lord's Supper. Father in heaven, we give you praise, we give you thanks for all that you are and all that you have done for us in Christ. I pray that your Holy Spirit would flood our hearts to overflowing Jesus, we just want to respond to your invitation when you say, if you're thirsty, come and drink. We are thirsty. And we come to you and drink. We come to you believing. You say, drinking is like believing. And he who believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So we come now to drink, believing in you, Jesus. And I pray that we would be filled afresh with your Holy Spirit. Forgive us for ways that we have grieved your spirit or quenched your spirit, chased him away with our attitudes and actions and words. Flood our hearts with your Holy Spirit, I pray, that we would be people who are just, thanksgiving is just springing from us. Never-ending giving of thanks to you, Father. I pray, do this in our hearts. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And I pray, I pray right now that there would be evidence of this as we leave here and we sit around the table in our homes or at a restaurant and we are eating with someone else or a group of people. There would be evidence of this thanksgiving incessant thanksgiving magnifying you Father for your goodness to us in countless ways but chiefly in your son Jesus. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.